0: Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody,
1: I'm Robert. And we're shooting the flames again. That's right. The top of the month, and we have our chat show where Chris and I sit down and talk about horror movie news, some new trailers, and comments, questions, and reviews from you, our listeners. That's right. And we're kicking off Pride Month with a lot of content. That's right. We do have a very jam packed episode for you in June. But uh, before we get into that, can we talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene? God damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> actually, you know what? I kind of don't want to talk about her, but she's omnipresent in the news like every time I listen to it. So this may be the last time I ever ma- like mention this woman's name just in general because we got to stop talking about her actually.
0: Well, there's one thing I really do love about her and that's that she has three names because it's very friendly for cursing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Anya Taylor-Joy. Well, I mean, every serial killer has three names, right? Mm-hmm. So like John Wayne Gacy and shit like that. So I mean, <laughs> I think we should go ahead and like l- lump her into
0: the serial killer category. Sigourney fucking Weaver. Sigourney or... fucking Weaver. <laughs> Bob Christina Saget.
1: But yeah, I just kept hearing this week about how she compared wearing a mask to to the Holocaust, right? Like how all these mask laws are, you know, so encroaching on, you know, political freedoms. And she said that having to wear a mask was similar to
0: Jewish people, you know, in Germany having to wear the Star of David. The political cartoons on that are hilarious or actually sobering, actually, because I saw it was like someone was cleaning up after Kristallnacht, right? Where all the the Jewish shops were kind of broken into all their, um, you know, set on fire and, Mm -hmm. and everything was kind of destroyed. And someone was like sweeping up after that, and Marjorie Taylor Green's like sitting there like, "I know exactly how you feel. I had to wear a mask going into Walmart once.
1: <laughs> Jesus." My God, she's so incredibly insane. I don't understand how this woman is holding office, you know. And then just like a couple of weeks before she was making those Holocaust comments, she was literally chasing AOC through like the halls of the Capitol building, challenging her to debates and things like
0: that. And then there was another thing where she actually put up a sign like uh, there's only two sexes, male and female Mm -hmm. or whatever out of. Someone else's office because their daughter was trans or their yep. son is trans. I've forgotten what – and I feel like – this might not be true. Maybe I should do my homework before saying something like this. But I feel like she was the one that was like live texting where, where people were in the building during the, the insurrection.
1: I'm sure she was probably one of them.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean she's like, – Hence why like all the republican basically just shut down the in- independent uh, commission on finding out like getting to the root of of what plans there were or what communication there was and what conspiracies there might have been. Right? Yeah. And, uh, of course, they all shut that down because they hate democracy and only want, you know, their Lord Trump in office again, I guess. It's just insane to me. Yeah, I feel it like, really is. Well, we don't We don't even need that commission anymore. Just everyone that voted against it, literally every single one of them uh, are seditionists to me. Yeah. Right? We have that list now. Thank you. Well, and they, they
1: all they are trying to do is like take back the Senate. And they know that if they had some sort of commission like this, that it would ruin chances for Republicans to be – you know, Congress people again, or to win whatever, you know, elections are coming up. And- Ruined. Ruined completely. But yeah, I just, and they know that people were involved. It's just ridiculous to me. And if I hear one more person say that there was no collusion or that, you know, there was no intention of storming the Capitol. It just happened organically, right? People made fucking t-shirts and overwhelming shit. Overwhelming fucking evidence. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, we don't need a commission. We already know. The thing is, I, mean, I think that other government agencies are already looking into it. And or actually whatever, that's a good point
0: because there are some Republicans out there. I've seen their comments where they're just like, we already know everything there is to know. This is beating a dead horse. Yeah. you're trying to lengthen the, the political power that you have over Republicans from this mistake right And so they view it as like water under the bridge, right But no there's there's some insidious crap going on and there's a sickness and toxicity in the Republican Party that is just disgusting and I can't I can't imagine anyone actually being a Republican at this day and age uh, you know maybe 10 years ago um, you know maybe in the future again, right But right now this this current point in history I can't imagine anyone with any kind of fucking common sense or a level of humanity calling themselves a Republican and being proud of it. Or at least standing behind some of the people that are in the Republican party. I
1: mean, if you're, if you're looking at a party that sort of like censors a person and takes away some of their like committee postings because they said something about Donald Trump and doing nothing about someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is actively crazy. You know, I like, I don't, I just don't understand where that party's at and just really bothered me. And I wanted to just, pointed out for the last time that I ever say that woman's three names. Mm. Fuck her. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> what are you waiting for, huh? <laughs> Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> All right. Well, we got two reviews. In May, that we're going to be
0: reading here on our Shooting the Flames episode for June. Chris, why don't you take the first one? So, ATX Horror said, make it a part of your regular rotation. I've been subscribed for a while, and both of their discussions of individual movies, as well as them shooting the flames, to get me up to date and what's new and what they've been watching. Highly recommended for fans of horror and fans of movies in general. We got another
1: review from Friday the 13th, 12463578. Wow. I think that's his uh, ranking of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, I revived my iTunes for this review. The Film Flamers is a wonderful podcast for fans of the horror genre. Chris and Robert offer entertaining and often humorous reviews, commentary, analysis, and trivia. The tone is light, but never dull. If you like the horror genre, you must subscribe to the
0: Film Flamers. Both of those reviews are amazing. That last one, though, I really, I really dig that.
1: i do too that's nice
0: i like it yeah and this is a person that we actually have uh, a lot of commenting from this this month because they originally emailed and i think we're asking us about some other things that are coming up in this episode that's right and that's kind of how it got to uh, a review on their part but we're very very thankful for of course atx horror thank you very much for that review love it we want to be a part of everyone's regular rotation yes please just like our private lives. And thanks, Alvin. Uh, We love getting reviews guys. It really helps us on iTunes.
1: So head over to Apple podcasts. If you have that, leave us a five-star review. And while you like us, we're going to read those reviews on the next shooting the flames episode. We also got a lot of comments this month on both new episodes and old. And the first ones are going to come from our shooting the flames episode last month, which was May.
0: That's right. And the first one comes from Brandon from Facebook. I too am excited for the second season of Love, Death, and Robots. I loved the first season, some episodes more than others, and I'm glad that Netflix is giving it a second season and
1: third. I think it's a
0: bit yeah, they greenlit right? the third one, and I we actually just got done watching mm-hmm. uh, the second season, which to me was felt a lot shorter. Yeah, and it and it wasn't as good to me. The animation was, if anything, better. If you know, just as good or better. And there's some that were still very, very good. I loved the Christmas one. Oh my God! Yeah, that with the, was my with the favorite. monster Santa, mm. loved it. Uh, and there's just some gems in there, but uh, to me, it was it was kind of an echo of the first one, almost like um, an appendage.
1: I kind of like the second season better than the first one. Really?
0: Yeah, and I don't
1: know why. But I think that I think a lot of the episodes on this one sort of held my attention more than the other one. They were shorter, yeah, and that may be the reason. And it just seemed like yeah. it was just really enjoyable. Like there wasn't a, a down moment in any of those episodes. I really thought that it
0: was well done. really better for for goldfish brains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure how to respond to that. On that note,
1: (laughs) we also got a comment from Joseph on Facebook who said, I want to call shenanigans on Emilio Estevez calling
0: um, Estevez. What was Estevez? 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 He he said Estevez.
1: (laughs) Emilio Estevez? I can't even say it right. Uh, Joseph on Facebook says, I want to call shenanigans on Emilio Estevez. Did I say it right? Yeah. Oh my god! No, I can't think what MO stands for. Maximum overdrive. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, I want to call shenanigans on Emilio Estevez calling. What's <laughs> overdrive? I want to call shenanigans on media. <clears throat> I want to call shenanigans on Emilio Estevez calling maximum overdrive regrettable. I guess he forgot Nightmares from nineteen eighty three, which flopped harder than a fish on a pier. He wasn't going to win the Oscars for that one either. Yeah, Nightmares was a bad movie. <laughs> I haven't seen or thought about that movie in a very long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this at length during the last shooting of the flames, right? Or yeah, it was something. part of our news segment. Yeah, because Emilio, yeah, we were talking a little bit about like the behind the scenes because we also know that he was like completely coked out right. the entire time. Not Emilio, but Stephen King. While Stephen he was King starting. was, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> obviously that, that could be a hard time, but we don't really know. Um, obviously, Emilio doesn't have quite the uh, catalog to complain about that, but yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there could be context, so it's you know.
1: But I had both forgotten about the movie nightmares and that he was in it. But you're right, Joseph. Yeah, he's uh, he needs to go back and like maybe rethink some of his choices when he gives an interview next time. Yeah.
0: So Kimberly on Patreon said completely unrelated to this episode. I was in Dallas over the weekend helping my mother in law. Oh, shit all these fucking acronyms robert completely unrelated to this episode i was in dallas over the weekend helping move my mother-in-law into an assisted living facility the driving was completely insane i have never seen so many people run red lights in my life and even on the east coast seriously i'm glad you both have survived thus far please use defensive driving practices so we can continue to listen to you for a long time to come
1: well as it turns out i drive like a really old woman
0: so do i really so what A little little faster, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you drive like a more reckless old woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't run the red lights and I use defensive driving. Yeah, I do. I always say two cars, two car lengths. I always use my fucking blinker. Thank you. I know. Uh, you know, and so different parts of the country are different. Boston, everyone is just crazy up there, just moving really, really fast. No one gives a shit. Uh, you know, but if you kind of get into the groove of the culture of where you are long enough, you, you start to drive like they do. And uh, Texas, uh, no one uses turn signals, you know, mm-hmm. and in Dallas is basically Mad Max.
1: Yeah, for real. Right? I mean, like Dallas- people
0: shirtless, like on top of Gatling guns. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Playing guitars that shoot fire. But then like up in Chicago, I was like, everyone's just driving like a bat out of hell. No one cares about speed limits, but they all use their turn signals. Well, so really weird. going. Yeah, exactly. I will say Kimberly,
1: like driving in Dallas County is different than driving in Tarrant County. Tarrant County is somewhat calmer. I think because everybody is probably not as smart as people in Dallas County. I don't know. Either way, like driving in Dallas, driving in Texas is terrible. And if you haven't driven in Houston, don't. Yeah. On our deep dive episode for the rage, Cassie two. It's Carrie. <laughs> at RL Terry one says Cassie two. Lol. I don't think I've ever seen this though. Certainly aware of its existence, but I think I know all I need to know. Ha ha. You should still watch it. Yeah, you need to, just of saying you've seen it. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, we we talked at length about how we didn't care for the movie, but that doesn't mean that it's not an enjoyable, fun
0: watch. Yeah, and it'll be a story you can tell at parties. That's right. Alvin from Patreon said favorite laugh-out-loud lines. Robert said, who has spear guns in their house? Chris said, where do the harpoons come from? Robert said, I mean, I'm going to buy some now, just in case. <laughs> then he says, Never Saw the Rage Cassie 2 is now on my list. The bottom of the list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to watch this movie, I don't understand. <laughs> we covered it. You have to watch
0: it too, it.
1: I mean, I know the synopsis was pretty much the entire movie, right? But still, go watch it. And for all of you who want to know, you can buy a spear gun for like 60 bucks on Amazon <laughs> just yeah, FYI yeah. from our deep dive episode into the original Carrie, at RL Terry one says great episode De Palma's love for Hitchcock is felt so much in this film Margaret White is a brilliant character of opposition and SpaceX Carrie is unforgettable and the topic of the remake I don't hate it the OG is better but you know Moore's Margaret White was good yeah she was good in that movie yeah I also
0: don't hate the remake yeah <laughs> I'm not really adding much to that conversation. <laughs> no. I don't like the movie as a whole. I don't like, I said, yeah. like there's like the acting's great. Technically, it was made well. I mean, everything was you know the individual part was sort of great, but it wasn't bigger than some of its parts. You know what I mean?
1: You don't think we talked about that at length no. during that episode? So yeah. go back and check that out.
0: That- Charlotte from Patreon said, My small local theater put on a very small local theater production of Carrie the Musical. It was amazing. So much fun. The music was ridiculous, and we had an amazing time. Although, to be honest, I did have an undisclosed amount of LSD in my system. (laughs) So maybe that was part of the magic. Either way, if any of you have the chance to see any rendition of Carrie the Musical, I think it's worth it, even if it's just for the experience of watching how a teeny tiny theater company will stage that prom scene. It is my life's
1: ambition to see a stage production of Carrie the musical i've only heard the soundtrack and i just i want to see it so bad i've seen some videos you know but i want to watch it live i really would love to see a big theater production though (laughs) i mean at this point i think if they opened it on broadway people would go see it just because of how much it flopped the first time you know like give it a second chance everyone please that's awesome charlotte yeah uh, from our flamers Flashback episode on the Deadpool movies, Deadpools 1 and 2, over on Patreon, at the Real GL, Hal Jordan said, A few takeaways here. It's not Thanos, but Thanos. <laughs> not being a smartass, just trying to help. Also, neither Deadpool movie is in the MCU. Part 3 will be made by Disney, but we'll see how he's incorporated into it by then. Also, I will never forgive Ryan Reynolds for ruining Green Lantern.
0: What incredibly expected comment from someone that's (laughs) named themselves after a superhero in their handle that's right i mean i love um actually is actually no like we always love uh comments from the real hal jordan right yes one of our most prolific commenters and we're very appreciative i do have to say thanos thanos i've recently just been saying thanos like anus just (laughs) to make people chortle (laughs) See, it worked
1: yeah i know um I think I went back and commented after this, and I was just like, thanks, Hermione. You know what I mean? Because I was just like, let me go, stop." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. Thank yeah, you. And Hal Jordan. Sufferable. no,
0: it's all. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki from Patreon said, love these movies, and you inspired me to rewatch them ASAP. Very high joke, pun, reference density, which I love. Side note, I can't wait to hear what you thought of the boys, Robert. And I think that
1: you replied to her comment, I I did love season one, I just haven't watched season two
0: I think you even talked about it on previous Shooting the Flames, maybe she Mm -hmm. missed it along the road somewhere and... You know, it's so hazy for us, it's hard to compare. I know. It all runs together. Back where a Hot Takes episode, or I don't remember. remember I think it was our last
1: Hot Takes episode, because I had just recently finished it.
0: Yeah, because like recently, within the last six months or so, we kind of split apart our Hot Takes from our Shooting, shooting flames. flames. Yeah. yeah. So, and what it's one of those, but he liked it. He really liked it, and he's looking forward to the second season. He's uh, dragging ass. To see it, but, you know, we're all waiting for him.
1: My watch list is so incredibly long, and I add to it all the time. And so when I go pick a movie from my watch list or TV series, right, I just – it's a fucking crapshoot sometimes. Okay, well – Uh, From our rebroadcast episode of our Top 10 Horror Comedies, At Home Rig Sean said, Just finished your Top 10 Horror Comedies episode. While I also love Clue and can also recite it word for word, it's not even horror-adjacent. Sad to see that y'all left out The Babysitter, though. Great episode anyway.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we may not have seen it yet. Yes. Because this is a rebroadcast, and that's something that we love that we can do is like for newer listeners, we can actually bring back some of the older like top tens and things like that. If it has to do with the theme of that month, and new listeners get more of a chance that they aren't as prone to go back into our backlog and search mm-hmm. for things, you know. So um, it's great that we're getting comments for some of these older episodes, and we will continue to rebroadcast here and there. Pretty yeah. rare, but we it fits. do, yeah.
1: But yeah, this episode came from our very first horror comedy month. So like our first quote unquote season, right? And um, yeah, we've seen The Babysitter since then. And we both of them actually, and we both liked them quite a bit, you know? And um, so yeah, don't don't worry. If we ever were to revisit that particular category for a top 10 episode, I'm pretty sure that those movies would make it the list.
0: Yeah. From our deep dive into Copycat, the very first episode that we've ever done. Blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, Joseph from Facebook said... Going back through your archives and listening to episode one, I totally randomly watched Copycat a couple weeks back, only because it was on Prime Video. I had never seen it before. I have some of the same thoughts and questions about the, that particular movie. I heart Holly Hunter. She owns it next to Sigourney Weaver. I feel like Sigourney Weaver walks on set and she lives a character, but Holly wins the audience with her actions and her mannerisms. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of deep cuts into our catalog. Really? Love it. Yeah. Fucking love it. Thank you so much for that comment. Yeah. We really love that movie, and that's why we chose uh, it to be our number one, because we kind of bonded over talking about it.
1: That's right. I think that we like we had a renaissance with Copycat when we were planning
0: our podcast, and it was just the perfect movie for us to do first. And I'm so glad that people are still listening to that. And not an obvious choice. Looking back, I'm like, how did how did that become our number one episode? And other podcasts have covered it since I last. mean, it's not our number one episode, but it was our first episode, I yeah. should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not our number one crush. But-
0: <laughs> or our number one fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: From our top 10 horror novels episode, Alvin says, Hey, you two just finished listening to this episode and enjoyed the window into Robert's horror fiction tastes. Maybe you know of this and have even already discussed it in the podcast. But just in case, anybody who loves horror fiction must try Pseudopod and then tell all of your horror tribe about it. Simply, it is the best horror short story platform ever created. It's a weekly podcast with over a decade of content. You're bound to find things you love while paying nothing to give it a try.
0: Yeah, no, um, I've I've sung the, the the praises of pseudopod on this podcast before. You have. I funny. have. And I've recommended it to others. And like I'll be on an airplane or like driving and I want to hear not a, a traditional podcast, but storytelling, and that's my go to is pseudopod. I've i absolutely love it.
1: And I have, since you recommended it, listened to a few episodes here or there. Like if I eat a gummy or something like that and I'm sitting outside in the dark late at night. The back porch, just chain smoking or whatever. Yeah, I'll turn on Pseudopod. It scares the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, my only complaint about Pseudopod is like kind of their naming conventions, I think, because it's hard to go back and like find stories that you really loved uh, if you don't have like a platform that you listen to or a consistent platform where you can like favorite things or save things Mm -hmm. because it's all like numbered, right? And they have multiple stories per episode, so you have to really dig in to find. The right ones, or like be good at Google Foo and <laughs> try and find <laughs> the episodes that you like. But there's so many, so many good ones, and you can really just like randomly play and, and, and you know, get a good story. Yeah. But thanks for that recommendation, Evan. Mm-hmm. From our Shooting the Flames in February, uh, Land of Enchantment Lobo sent us an email. Thank you. And said, I have often revisited many classic Film Flamers episodes, The Ghosts in the Darkness. Bram Stoker's *Dracula*, *Night of the Comet*, *Jurassic Park*, and the modern-day classic *The Bodyguard*—just the name of you.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me my beer <laughs> And I wrote it. The modern-day classic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: By now, I've listened to about every single Deep Dive episode. They have never disappointed. But then, there were the first two Deep Dive episodes, which, shall we say, lack the production prowess we've come to expect from the Film Flamers. In this episode, Chris talked a little bit about the change in production quality and suggested maybe doing a history of the podcast sometime, a deep dive into the Film Flamers, how it came to be, how you selected your now-iconic bumper music, you got that right from the get-go, and marked improvement in production quality following the first two Deep Dives. New microphones, new audio interface, what the heck happened? I must say, I'm glad it got fixed because the, the episodes that follow keep their luster upon repeat listening. By the way, the production has sounded uniformly great ever since. Well, that is like laser targeted to me as like a huge compliment because I'm such a fucking nerd for the sound quality. Yeah. And it's still not perfect, really. I mean, we, we continue to struggle with like noise processing and stuff like that. Like right, my air conditioner is going on right now and it's a bitch to kind of cut all that stuff out. But that's something that we pride ourselves in is to try at least try and make it sound good. So thank you so much for
1: noticing. And it really is just like kudos to you too. I'm just now learning how to edit like three years into our podcast. Right. And it's hard as shit. And I just don't have the same kind of ear for it that Chris does. So after those first two
0: episodes, <clears throat> Chris was like, you know what? We're going to try something different. So we did get new microphones. We sounded like we were in a jar, and I hated yeah. that. We were, we got an expensive microphone. I think it was the Blue Yeti. Yeah. And we kind of put it in the middle of a table, and uh, we actually had a fairly good room for it for a sound absorption, but – like it, it just, like I said, it's not like we we're in a jar because it's, it's, um, recording from two different directions. And yeah. so you're getting echoes off the walls and things like that. So what I did was I actually got two cheaper microphones <laughs> that if, um, together kind of was equivalent to the yeah. price of the Blue Yeti. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we got, um, uh, <laughs> I almost said boomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> we got micro- microphone stands and, and things like that that are easier and, 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 um, uh, plosive shields and, and things like that. And so while they're a little bit cheaper, um, you know, we actually have a mixer now uh, as well. And so it's it just sounds so much better. I've often wanted to go back and create a new intro to copycat and maybe Suspiria as well, you know, and, and some of those others and just be like, Hey, we sound better than this now, but you know, welcome to the film flamers and, and hope you enjoy this, even though it's not the best of sound quality. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. And let me know what you think of that idea.
1: Well, and also, I mean, like uh, in a private conversation that a listener was having with us on Facebook, he also mentioned that he wanted to start a podcast at some point. And he was asking questions about like how we planned and got started, you know, mm-hmm. and I still think that our first two episodes sounded OK. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've heard a lot worse than that.
0: Yeah. And if nothing else, they're appreciating the quality that we got to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if all we inspire in people is thinking they can start a, a podcast and do better than us, then, you know, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, please. I mean, I'll listen to it. Sure, why not? The Film Flamers make me think of how much better I could do. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we spent a lot of time planning our podcast, just so y'all know. I mean, we're coming up sure. on our, like, third anniversary. And, I mean, it took us months to get ready to even just record the first episode.
0: I so. snatched the insult out of the jaws of that compliment. <laughs>
1: from our top 10 horror vacations episode alvin says very good vacation horror movie show the side-by-side pics of Frozen and The Ruins have something else in common besides list proximity. Both movies starred Sean Ashmore, yep. playing essentially the same guy, which I'm sure was driven more by the similarities of the characters, not because of the limitations in Mr. Ashmore's talent. Sean Ashmore also acted in Adam Green's 2014 short titled Happy Halloween.
0: Yeah, and we want to watch more of those. Um, I think you also mentioned like Hatchet in a different email or maybe the same one. Yeah,
1: he sent us an email asking about... Um, You know, how come we haven't covered um, an Adam Green movie? Yeah, and he mentioned, like, Hatchet and Frozen...
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I went back and I I tried to find it for him because I knew we talked about it because that's one that I actually really wanted to show you. And I did at some point back in probably 2018 or 19. And uh, we ended up talking about it a little bit on that top 10. And so Mm -hmm. I went and found that episode, found the exact starting point for him. And uh, obviously, hopefully it was convenient enough because he eventually became a patron.
1: That's right. Alvin is our latest patron. Yay. Thank you, Alvin, for joining our Patreon family. Yes. And, um, you know, I also like the movie Hatchet. I think Chris would, too so uh maybe sometime we'll be covering some adam green so you just stay tuned yeah but we also have to thank our patrons who are at the film flamer tier or higher over on patreon and those are ben
0: penelope amber and lisa but especially lisa <laughs> but
1: especially lisa and especially Bart. <laughs> i just can't help myself
0: yeah so for those of you who don't know Lisa's special, but no more special than Ben Penelope and Amber. That's, That's right. a, Simpsons re- it's a deep cut Simpsons reference. Deep, deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but especially Lisa.
1: But speaking of Penelope, we got some voicemails this month, and it's been a while, y'all. So here's the first one. Thanks, Penelope.
0: Hey, Film Flamers. It's your favorite Film Flamers fan. Um, so I was just sitting here eating this big old bowl of macaroni as one is wont to do. And I thought, well, it would be fabulous if the film playlist would create this playlist of, like, thrilling horror moves, like, music to run to, you know? Like, I was just sitting here thinking of, like, the music from The Wizard of Oz when, you know, Ms. Gulch is riding her bicycle and then she turns into the, the witch and, you know, that classic, you know, music. Okay, that's not, like, classic horror, but, you know, like music they play is your hero or, you know, final girl is like running away or, you know, like that, like high paced, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Do that. That would be great. I would listen to that. So we're not a music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> However, if
1: you're asking us to create a playlist that you can exercise to,
0: is that yeah and i used to i actually used to dabble i used to dabble like acid music and i actually made my own little like edm album <laughs> so i figured like i could take things like um well like that wizard of Oz, and or things like like it it follows oh, it would be great and put them to a tempo for running right and mm-hmm. so like you actually are, are running like you're in a horror movie running from a serial killer or something like um you know that's exactly i think what she's asking for right yeah. so she wants a playlist that feels like she's running from a st-
1: from a slasher she needs inspiration on the treadmill is that yeah. what it is? she's like she's gonna make it out of the jaws yeah. of danger <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we'll see what we could do
1: i mean i like making playlists but i don't like exercising so we'll see how it turns out yeah
0: <laughs> we also got a voicemail from nicole here it is
1: hi my name's nicole office i listen to your broadcast and i absolutely love it can you do this movie as a request for me can you do 1998 urban legend I love that movie because of Michael Rosenbaum, because he was so cute. This is way before he did Smallville playing the villain Lex Luthor. So can you please do Urban Legend from 1998? Please let me know. You get my message. This
0: is Nicole Loftus from Florida. Thank you very much. We have a couple of Nicole's. Yeah. We have a Nikki, we have a Nicole, and then a new Nicole. So. Yeah, this is a new Nicole, and this is Nicole from Florida. So, yeah, thank you very much for that that voicemail. And yes, of course, we're eventually going to do Urban Legend. Okay, yeah, I can't think of a reason why we wouldn't do that. Movie. I wish we'd done that instead of disturbing behavior. I but mean. Urban Legend is more of a, like a deep dive territory for the main feed rather than yeah. the Patreon. I think so. Yeah, I think we have a lot of things to say about that. I'd love to do, uh, you know, that, and maybe a sequel. Well, there's also a remake of Urban Legend, or maybe like already. you, you, you. I I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend is kind of like, um, oh, yeah. like a double dive month or something. That's a perfect pairing. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean, like, stay tuned. Yes, eventually, Nicole, we will be doing Urban Legends. I also love Michael Rosenbaum,
0: too. So He is kind of hot. Yeah. I liked Smallville. I liked it when he was in that one, like, comedy movie where he was in drag the whole time. I don't think I've seen this. It was good. Huh. Yeah.
1: Anyway, stay tuned. I mean, like we have movies on the docket well into 2022, but urban legends is always on the tip of our tongue. Yeah. So uh, we got an email from Land of Enchantment Lobo that asked a question. And he says in that email, once upon a time as a fourth grader, many years ago, a group of my friends and I were at the video store looking for a movie for a sleepover. As we were leaving, I walked past a giant poster for Evil Dead 2 and remarked, you couldn't pay me to watch that. To which my friend replied, that's the movie we just rented. Needless to say, it scared the piss out of me and became the first real horror movie I ever saw. From Robert's personal stories on the show, I can tell we grew up in the same era, as many of my childhood memories mirror his own. Which horror movies do you remember seeing first, and which movies personally scared you the most? it wasn't Evil Dead 2. It was just a skull with eyes, wasn't it? It was a skull with, like, human-looking eyes, but it did say Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, or whatever. But, yeah.
0: I mean, it was... It wasn't like a super aspirational poster, right? It was just... no, but it was horrifying.
1: Like, really? I, yeah, I remember being a kid, and so one of my favorite things to do on Sundays when my parents got the newspaper was to look at the movie listings and they just pretend like we were going to the movies that day. And there was like an ad for it, and I was like, "What the motherfucker is this?" You know, it looked frightening because it's
0: like side eye out of that skull. Yeah, I always thought it was funny. Like, I, I never was scared by it when scared I was the shit out of me when I was little. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Okay,
1: I don't know. So the horror movies I remember seeing first and not even maybe in its entirety where um, I saw snippets of Dawn of the Dead playing in my parents' house when I was younger. I saw snippets of A Nightmare on Elm Street playing in my parents' house when I was younger. But I think the first ones that I ever watched like in its entirety would have been like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 or 3. Um, And then I sort of branched out from
0: there. Okay. You know, we've talked about this a lot too, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as like which ones kind of scared the bejesus out of us. Like for me (laughs) – it was critters and student bodies for, for yeah. the most part, you know, which are, you know, neither of which are supposed to be really scary. But, you know, when you're a kid and you don't understand that, that humor, like it's all very earnest. And and because it was so simple and over the top, it translated more to a child's mind, I think. And it was actually more horrific because I could watch a horror movie and I would just be laughing at it or I wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus back then it was those types of things where I would take it so seriously. You know, I didn't understand that when, you know someone's rubbing up against someone's boobs and student bodies and makes the balloon sound that that's not a realistic thing. You know what I mean? When you're six years old.
1: <laughs> well, and I didn't even think that, you know, evil dead Two was scary. Uh, funny. The first time that I saw it, like I was scared of that movie, you know? And so, yeah, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, the movie that scared me the most, just in general is the strangers. I'm still horrified of that movie. Yeah. The most so. mm-hmm. terrified, but thank you for that question. Oh, terrified also is <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. We got a couple of news items for you this month, and the first one, the Muppets are making... Haunted Mansion, a special that's going to be premiering on Disney Plus on Halloween.
0: And its is it a couple episodes or just one big one?
1: I don't Especially. know, really. I mean, like there was an announcement video, which eh, I didn't watch. <laughs> um, but uh, I read the article and it looks good. I mean, the, the Muppets and horror, or at least the Muppets and scary things combined is something that's right up my alley. So mm. I'm ready for that ship. And other news, Evil
0: Dead 4 is on the way for HBO Max.
1: That's right. And um, I'm super looking forward to this. Well.
0: I don't, I don't know because like I feel like the last like restart, reboot, remake, whatever was produced by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and you know it, it didn't feel like if you know it didn't really go anywhere, right? And so I feel like, is this gonna be another Bruce Campbell starred thing? I mean, Sam Raimi's not directing it again. No. He's doing other things for Marvel Universe with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever. So I'm not I'm not really sure what this is gonna be they didn't they have that big show it wasn't on HBO it was like a Showtime or something it was a showtime or stars. Ash like versus that. evil Dead mm-hmm. stars yeah I and it was really good I, I think thought it was pretty good um so I, I don't know if it's gonna be a continuation of that or or just a new reboot or something else
1: I keep seeing that it's gonna be set in the city <clears throat> and not in a cabin
0: yeah I I'd like a continuation of Bruce's story, really, but
1: I don't and I don't know if we're going to get that or not. The director of this though directed The Hole in the Ground from a couple years ago, which was pretty oh, good. Oh, so I it's going to be like
0: super earnest and not funny? I doubt it. I think
1: it's going to be like a more well, I mean, like it's an Evil Dead continuation of the story. It's got to be a little tongue-in-cheek or a little yeah. funny, right? Yeah. In a way that Fede Álvarez's um remake wasn't a couple years ago, but I really liked that remake. Well,
0: they really you know? nailed that tone for the Starz show. They nailed yeah. it. Right, but for this, I don't know. We'll see.
1: I mean, I I will still watch it regardless because I'd like to see like what happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
0: we're we're huge fans of the franchise, and so we want the best for it. But you know,
1: I even heard like rumblings of them taking that Fidi Alvarez um, remake and the original story and sort of like combining them into the same universe, so that female protagonist and um, you know Bruce Campbell's character like being together. I mean, like even I would be fine with that. You know, I just. I really want to see where it goes and what they do. And I think, I mean, as far as Sam Raimi's involved in some way, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe or hopefully. So, yeah. And I'm glad they're taking the HBO Max route and not trying to plan like a theatrical release. Coming soon. We actually have a good handful of trailers to talk about this month. Well, I say actually, and it seems like the last couple months we've had quite a few.
0: Yeah, I feel like the the dam is broken.
1: That's right. So 2021 is shaping up to be some sort of like miraculous comeback for movies and everything that was pushed back plus new projects. Everything's just coming out in the same year.
0: It's kind of wild West though, right? Cause some things are coming out in only in theaters. Some things are coming out on like HBO max or Amazon prime or Netflix. And some are having like simultaneous releases. So it's going to be interesting how these things compete with one another.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And uh, I think that, you know, movie watching has been forever changed because of the pandemic. And we'll just have to see in the next couple of years, how releases turn out. But at least we know, upcoming, we have quite a few movies that look pretty promising.
0: Starting with the uh, looking like amazingly shot The Green Knight.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't... And
0: incredibly remember. horror adjacent as well. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember a last time that I was this excited to see like a sort of fantasy type movie. Right? Yeah. It's been a while for me.
0: Been a long time. Should have left you. <laughs> <laughs> Step two.
1: <laughs> Uh, know, it looks super well made like you said I mean like pretty almost right and like people are getting their heads cut
0: off it looks a little wonky too though. so it's a little I don't know I, I'm really looking forward to it it looks like really excellent kind of like cinema mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that um, I'm a big fan of like high fantasy especially when it gets dark and bloody and things like that so
1: it's from A24 too yes and I really like yes. their movies so um, they're not afraid to take risks hmm so i yeah i think i think it looks good i think this is something that i'd want to see in the theater the vivich and
0: the knight mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the vivich and the green knight the knigget <laughs> uh yeah and um i mean like the cast looks good too i mean it just looks like a really pretty movie i'm pretty sure i'm gonna like
0: you know love it well speaking of blowing loads <laughs> last night in soho just released the best trailer of the year
1: (laughs) really I mean uh, Chris sent me a message and he was just like oh my god this trailer just looks Fantastic. Like an, like an event movie, right? Is yeah. And I
0: love trailers that hold things kind of still close to the chest. Like you don't understand really what's going on. It's a little provocative, but it's kind of like it's making you wonder what's going on. And it's, it does exactly what a trailer is supposed to do. It is excellently put together. It has a lot of intrigue and it's kind of scary. I love the music choice in it. It's just a really, really well put together trailer. I'm really hoping that the movie... Uh, does the trailer justice? Yeah, I hope so,
1: too. Because right after you sent me that message, another friend of mine, Erica, was just like, this movie's for me, you know? And I was just like, and my my job blocks YouTube from my phone. So I can't pull up these trailers when you send them to me. And I was furious that I couldn't see it right then. But it really does look very good and well made. And this movie has been like teased forever. We had like a, a set
0: still that was released years ago. And cow eyes have never looked more Oscar worthy. I mean, for real. I love Cow Eyes. Anya Taylor-Joy? Anya Taylor-Joy. For those newcomers that don't know the unside <laughs> the joke on that outtake.
1: And it just looked like such a good movie. I had no idea. Nobody had an idea what this movie was even about. No. And then the I
0: didn't expect out. anything from horror from that from that director, really.
1: I mean, I knew that it was going to be sort of horror-adjacent-y, you know, but it wasn't until like the last moments of this trailer. And I'm like, yes. Like, what what's the director again? Edgar Wright? Yep. Like yep. Baby, baby Driver, yep. you know? Yeah. And so... Um, I mean, it just looks so good. Another movie that I really want to see in the theater is this one. I mean, like, it just seems like a movie I want to see on the big screen Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah. Scraping the bottom of the barrel of the big releases The Jungle Cruise with The Rock and uh, one of my favorites. Emily Blunt. Love her. I love her vomit takes on the the late night shows.
1: (laughs) I have loved Emily Blunt since The Devil Wears Prada. I have just been in this woman's camp. Ever since she burst onto the screen.
0: I'm one flew away from my ideal weight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's just so good. And she has proven herself to be like a an actress of many talents. She yeah, can do she horror, goes across you know? genres yeah. like a
0: fucking jungle jam or something. Yeah, Speaking a of which, glass of water. Jungle Cruise. Jungle
1: Cruise. <laughs> Did we even say the name of the movie yet?
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think we did.
1: So yeah, another Disney property based on one of their rides from their am- amusement park, right? Yeah. So maybe this is
0: like the the cousin of the Pirates of the Caribbean or something. We
1: have a new franchise being born.
0: Yeah, it looks like the Mummy crossed with um, the African Queen or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really reminds me of like um, Rachel. Like, what was her name from the movie? Rachel Vice. Rachel Weiss and um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that a lot.
1: And I liked The Mummy when it first came out. So, I still like it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so good. I can't say if
0: I still like it or not. Still but, good. It's a lot of fun.
1: And I don't know that I'd be going to see Jungle Cruise in the theater, right? And I don't know what this eh. is going to look like on Disney Plus, you know. So I mean,
0: well, knowing them, is it going to be theater only? Or are they going to release it so, simultaneously? So the way Disney Plus does it is it's released
1: simultaneously, but you have to pay them a fee to watch it on their platform. So like right now, Cruella opened in the theater, but I'm already paying for them. But you're already paying for Disney Plus, but you have to pay them an
0: extra like seven dollars to watch Cruella. Well. I guess technically you're paying for it.
1: Whatever. I'd pay that $7 to watch Coela too. I mean, it's super high on my list. Really? So,
0: okay.
1: I mean, if I can watch the jungle cruise from the safety of my home and the comfort of my couch and a gummy in my mouth, you know, then um, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll pay the $7. Yeah. And my husband loves Dwayne Johnson. You know, it's not his actual name. I just call him the rock. Yeah. Yeah. My husband just, he wants to see more adult oriented things so he can take his clothes off. I think. <laughs> okay. But going even further below the bottom of the barrel, there's a movie coming out called The Tomorrow War. How very dare you, sir.
0: <laughs> this one stars Chris Pratt. <laughs> it's also awesome at the bottom of the barrel, but hot. I mean. It looks good. Like uh it looks like, you know, dumb as fuck. You know, dumber than a box of rocks. But it actually like w- as the trailer goes on, and you see essentially Chris Pratt is like, you know, a family guy or whatever, and then he's ex-military. And um, there's this big event where people come from the future you know, in like the middle of a football game randomly and say, we're fighting a war and we're going to recruit all of you. And somehow they're okay with this and they all sign up for this future war and they'll get like attached with these like little arm wrist thing band things and kind of like Leela from they get transported to the future. But Mm -hmm. when they do, that's when like the trailer kind of turns and you see them all kind of falling out of the sky, like random, they were getting like randomly teleported, Mm -hmm. you know, into the future. And so they're like falling from skyscrapers. A lot of them are getting killed and like falling into (laughs) pools and stuff. And, uh, and then you get to see like some really epic scenes uh, across land ocean air like the the war is obviously really widespread and there's like hundreds or thousands of aliens crawling all over everything and it looks really cool so you know it's going to be a popcorn flick it's going to be a, a really good summer popcorn flick and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it
1: yeah I mean I might have been a little harsh in that intro I mean there were some really neat effects you know in the trailer and it looks like something that would definitely hold my interest and god knows I mean I'll look at Chris Pratt without a shirt on just like my husband would look at The Rock without a yeah, shirt on and there's
0: some poor adjacency there yeah I mean in the trailer it just, um, I hadn't even heard of this movie until you showed me this trailer. Me either. And like I said, it looks dumber than a box of rocks, but it's going to be a <laughs> lot of fucking fun. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, uh, next up is The Eternals, the, the latest MCU entry by famed director, uh, just Oscar winning director. Mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. She, she did Nomadland, which uh, both Robert and I loved. So good. Yeah. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. It's a stacked cast. Richard Madden and uh, Jon Snow himself from Game of Thrones. And Angel- Angelina Jolie is in this. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek is narrating the trailer. Carla Gugino. And they're, they're keeping this one really, really vague in the trailer, which is good. I know the stories from the comics. And so there's a lot of potential here for cosmic horror, mm-hmm. which I, I hope they, they double down on. But I don't know. We'll see. It looks well shot. I'll say oh that. God, but yeah. outside of that, not sure. We'll see. There's a, like a shit ton of Oscar buzz for this movie,
1: right? I mean, because we've only had one Marvel movie nominated for Best Picture, right? I don't think we've ever had a Best Director from from their universe yet. And I think if anybody can pull that off, it's Chloe Zhao.
0: Yeah, Marvel's studio, like I'm not super impressed with the trailer. Um, It looks pretty, but... Uh, and promising i guess but like one thing that that tells me is like kevin feige uh who's been running the show you know in the mcu from the beginning and has actual plans versus like dc with their whatever they can throw at the wall and stick <laughs> uh idea and um essentially he said like they were they were shocked by what she kind of handed to them right wow. they were they were very very pleased you know, and I think during the pandemic, she did like did a like early pandemic, she did a a break or something and, and filmed Nomadland in the middle of doing The Eternals. You know, so it's, it's
1: like <laughs> I mean, she's just like knocking it out of the park, yeah. really. I mean, no- Nomadland was a really good movie. I'm super glad that it won Best Picture and that she won Best Director. Mm-hmm. This is the, only the second time in the history of the Academy Awards that a woman has won that award,
0: and the first Asian American woman. yeah. That's
1: correct. And I mean, like, and can you imagine if a woman like Chloe Zhao came back the next year with a movie? As popcorn friendly it, as anything in the, like the Marvel universe, and could win Best Picture and Best Director again, like two years in a row, it's just an amazing feat. It would forever land her in like it will know, the angles of history.
0: Win Best right? Picture? Yeah, I don't think so either. I could see an MCU being like nominated again for a bunch of awards. They always are. Yeah, uh, very rarely Best Picture or anything like that. Just once, but um, I can't see it winning ever. It's just too, it's it's uh, just like fantasy, horror, sci-fi. They're all kind of get Ghettoized, yeah, especially by highfalutin critics and and you know the community in general. But I have to say, the MCU is getting just top tier directors to do their shit, you know. So and acting talent, yes. I mean, everybody
1: wants to be a part of that universe, yeah. So in and some it's way, forever expanding because they're all over Disney Plus now too, you know. So I mean, I think we only have you know places to go up from from here as far as the MCU goes, and yeah. I'm slowly. Coming out of my superhero fatigue because you've shown me like the the good ones that I didn't watch along the way. And I'm like, I need to just stop being such a fucking bitch about it. You know what I mean? Because the Eternals looks good. I'm, I'm going to go see this movie. Good. Last on our list is something that looks incredibly fun and I cannot wait to watch. And that's a movie called Gunpowder Milkshake. <laughs> I'll drink it right up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Help>. <laughs> it has Karen Gillen, which I love. She actually plays Nebula in uh the mcu um blue-skinned baldy and uh she was also in one of my favorite horror films oculus that's right of recent years and uh i really love that actress i think she was on doctor who as well Um, i think so and i actually want her to be she's my favorite to play jean gray if they ever do x-men in the marvel marvel's uh marvel studios universe should be a good fit versus fox and um yeah, I really love her, but Lena Headey is her mother. It was far too too young to be playing her mother. But also Angela Bassett's in this, and yeah. Michelle Yao. I love Michelle Yao. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunshine's and I think name, and Carla Patrick Gugino's Tiger in this one knows. too, isn't she? And who? Carla Gugino. Yeah, from uh, Haunted, Haunting Haunting yeah. Hill House. Yeah, uh, and and so many more. There's a lot of interesting faces. Paul Giamatti, I think, yeah. is in this. Wow. <laughs> so it looks a lot like a lot of fun, but it also kind of looks almost run of the mill action at this point. It's not quite highly stylized like the john wick universe like nobody and atomic blonde and and some of those but it looks a little bit more straightforward you know run-of-the-mill action but i'm hoping it's elevated enough because of its high high premise mm-hmm. that is going to be really really good and it I looks kind of crazy so I, I like that
1: yeah it, it does look crazy i love it?
0: them all in the diner and slow motion killing everyone
1: <laughs> and that's what i was going to say i mean it, it does look a little stylized to me um maybe not near as high concept as some of those other movies that you mentioned but um I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. I like this
0: cast. I well, like it's actually higher concept, at. I would say. Right? It's higher concept because it's so specific to all these ladies. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Right? But it's it's just not as highly stylized. It looks fun, though. I God, mean, did I just do an um? actually? I'm sorry. No. <laughs> 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 I'm actually? Uh, I meant you say stylized.
1: <laughs> Silence, elf. <laughs> Either way, I'll be watching this movie. Is It's Netflix, right? Is that what this is? i i don't recall i can't recall either i think so on a screen near you maybe on a screen of varying sizes quite yeah. possibly but soon <laughs> so uh we have a link to all of these news items and all of these traders in our show notes so if you haven't seen them go over there click on those notes and give them a watch well, everybody, I think that just about wraps up June's Shooting the Flames. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for their comments, questions, and reviews. If you have a comment about some of our episodes, past or present, you can find us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram.
0: You can email us at tiredqueens@filmflamers.com, at or better yet, call us at 972-666-7733 and let your voice be heard just like Penelope
1: and Nicole did and you know our inbox was pretty much blown up too by Land of Enchantment Lobo and Alvin which we also enjoy, you've sort of dusted the webs off our email inbox, we appreciate that We have a lot more content coming out for you in June, Pride Month. Stay tuned, because we're going to be talking lesbians in the woods when we discuss the movie, What Keeps You Alive.
0: We're also going to be covering one of my favorite 90s gems, Wild Things.
1: Oh my god, it's deliciously trashy and I cannot wait to talk about it. And we could have even more episodes coming out for you guys. But don't forget about our bonus content over on patreon.com slash thefilmflamers. We're going to be talking about a pretty rare, maybe underseen, gay classic film.
0: Yes, St. Sebastian. So if you can grab a copy somewhere, I don't know where you do it. Amazon is where I got mine, but you know they're pretty rare I think there was like two left when I bought mine (laughs) just got in
1: there under the radar for that one yeah yeah but we're gonna be talking about that over there on Patreon so go check us out
0: well Robert I'm ready to go jump in the pool and test out my gunpowder milkshake that's
1: right I am thirsty for that gunpowder milkshake and hopefully maybe we could have our last night in Soho I don't even know what that fucking (laughs) (laughs) meant until next time sweet dreams